0: Turn in your hymnals to Lord's Day 28, the back of your hymnals, Lord's Day 28, page 884, page 884. Thousand years the church has been celebrating the Lord's Supper until He comes. Before that, another fifteen hundred years, the Passover, an old gift. How does the Holy Supper remind and assure you that you share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all His benefits? In this way, Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat this broken bread and to drink this cup in remembrance of him. And with this command come these promises. First, as surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup shared with me, so surely his body was offered and broken for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. And second, as surely as I receive from the hand of him who serves and taste with my mouth the bread and cup of the Lord, given me as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely he nourishes and refreshes my soul for eternal life with his crucified body and poured out blood. So what does it mean to eat the crucified body of Christ and to drink his poured out blood? It means to accept with a believing heart the entire suffering and death of Christ and in this way to receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And it means more through the Holy Spirit who lives both in Christ and in us. We're united more and more to Christ's blessed body. And so although he's in heaven and we're on earth, we're flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone and we forever live on and are governed by one spirit as the members of our body are by one soul. Where does Christ promise to nourish and refresh believers with his body and blood as surely as they eat this broken bread and drink this cup? In the institution of the Lord's Supper, First 1, 1 Corinthians 11, the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take Eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And this promise is repeated by Paul in these words. One chapter earlier, First Corinthians 10 The cup of blessing that we bless. Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ and the bread that we break? Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread, we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Luke 22. Paul is taking the tradition in 1 Corinthians 11 from the institution of the Holy Supper in Luke 22. And so let's go there. Page 1048. 1048. Luke 22. And we'll read verses 7 through 20. 7 through 20. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. They said to him, "Where will you have us prepare it?" He said to them, "Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples?' And he'll show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there." And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said And likewise the cup after they had eaten. Saying this cup. That is poured out for you. Is the new covenant. In my blood. This is God's word. May he bless us. By it. and Strengthen our hold on the gospel. Brothers and sisters. In Jesus Christ. Jesus said. Of the Lord's supper. Do this in remembrance of me. And he said that because the church has a remembering problem. We have a remembering problem. God doesn't. He always remembers his promises. He always remembers his people. He did not do this for himself. He did it for us. We have a remembering problem. And so because we live in the wilderness where there's all kinds of stuff happening, trial, trouble, affliction, fear, enemies, assaults, demons, sin. The Lord Jesus planted his table right in the wilderness of life for pilgrims who are on their way to the heavenly banquet. Because the Lord knows our weakness, how quickly we forget the gospel. And on a daily basis, you know, you're really busy and pretty soon your busyness overtakes remembering the gospel. And you marginalize the word. Or you get in trouble at school for doing something really foolish and you think, how could God love somebody like me? And you forget the gospel. Or you get news of a terminal illness and suddenly you feel God has left you. And then the Lord plants this meal right into the routine of our lives. And in this meal, he's putting the cross in front of us. And he's saying, this is how much I love you. My covenant with you is a sure thing in Christ's blood, and I will never abandon you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he's telling us. And so we need the preaching of the gospel, and we need the sacraments. We need the means of grace because we're forgetful. That's why God gave them to us. Do you value them? Do you value what God is doing for you? Do I value what God's doing for me in the means of grace? Keeping his gospel front and center before you so much to distract you. Do I prize the means of grace? Do I make the most of them? We need God's gracious reminder also then of the Lord's Supper. We see first he prepares a table for us. Secondly, he provides the food for us. And thirdly, he commands us to come and eat. He prepares a table. Got to stand back a bit. Sometimes we focus on the bread and the cup which are the body and the blood of Christ. But back up a bit and see it's a meal. It's a supper. It's a meal. It's a covenant renewal. God is eating with his family. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, into the hands of sinners, Jesus ate the Passover with his disciples. They had prepared the feast during the day in a large upper room, all furnished, somewhere in the city of Jerusalem. And then they had sacrificed the lamb and prepared the bread, the wine, and the bitter herbs. And in the evening, verse 14, Jesus reclined at the table with his apostles, and he said, I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus desired to eat this meal with his church before the final stage of his suffering. Why? Well, because he wanted to institute the Lord's Supper, yes. Because he wanted to teach them about what was coming, yes. But it's more than just functional. Like, I got some things to teach you, so let's get together. It goes much deeper than that. In John 13, we read that it was because he loved them and he loved them to the end. It was an act of love. I desire to sit, eat, drink, be with you. He loved to meet and eat with his own And that's the love that took him to the cross. Because really, the Passover and the Lord's Supper is God loving to meet and eat with His own. He's a family God, He loves His family, He loves to be with them. Think of that when it comes to the Lord's Supper, He loves His family. He loves to be with them. And not just the Lord's Supper, the gathering of the church together. He loves our home, says the Bible, but he especially loves the gates of Zion. He loves the family reunion. It's so pleasing to him. It's such a pleasure. He delights in his children. And especially, it's like with our families, you love it when the kids come, right? But you love it especially when all the kids come. How much Jesus loves to have us join him in this meal. You're my family, and I just love it when we assemble for worship, when we get to eat and drink together. So he says, I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you. And that, that's our God. That's why there's a table, that's why there's a meal. And he loves this meal more than any other meal because it's an anniversary meal. It's remembering how the family came together. It's a remembrance of the work that God did to gather us. Through the blood of the lamb. That's that's how the Passover started. Think also of the meal on Mount Sinai. Moses is on Mount Sinai. Children of Israel there. And then after the reading of the Ten Commandments or the giving of the law... Moses sprinkles the blood of the covenant on the people. And God establishes his covenant with them at Mount Sinai. But you know what happens next in Exodus 24? God says to Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, come up here. Come up here. And they went up. And they shared a meal with God. It says, behold, they... They saw God and they ate and drank. They had a meal with him, a covenant meal. God loves to eat and drink with his people because he loves us. We're his family. And that's why Jesus is going to die on the cross, to shed the blood of the covenant. That seals, that guarantees the safety of the family. That guarantees God's fellowship and communion with his children to guarantee that we have an everlasting covenant with God because the blood of bulls and goats really don't guarantee that. They're looking for the real guarantee and that's the blood of Christ. That guarantees the family of God, God dwelling with his people, the covenant. And that's what heaven will be. It's a banquet with God where he feeds us with the richest of food and the richest of wines, the Bible says. And, and Jesus acknowledges that at the at the last supper. You know, this is going to be our last meal together in person, our, our anniversary meal, last anniversary meal. Then after that, we're not going to do this together again in person until the kingdom comes, until the end. And, and he says that three times. Look again at Luke 22, verse 15. I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it. The idea is not eat it again with you until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. It's going to be a long time before we do this again in person. And then verse 18. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then if you look ahead to verses 29 and 30... Jesus says, I assign to you as my father assigned to me a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I am looking so forward, says Jesus, to when we get to do this in perfection in heaven. And that's the meaning of the Lord's Supper. In between Jesus eating with the 12 in person and his whole church gathered together from every tribe and people, and language, and nation eating at the wedding banquet of the lamb, wedding supper of the lamb at the end. God is giving us a table of remembrance that what he bought for us at Calvary is gonna get us to glory. And we need to remember that. It's easy to forget that. It's not just about eating, And drinking the body and blood of Christ, congregation, it's about a covenant meal. It's about a table. It's a supper where God confirms his covenant of love for us. Tells us we're his family. I'll never forget you. I'll love you forever. And I'll never forsake you, even if the whole world falls apart. Remember the promise from Isaiah 54. The mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. My covenant of peace shall never be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Take encouragement. The Lord remembers us by giving us a meal of remembrance. And the second thing is he not only puts a table in the wilderness a family table, a family supper. He provides the food. And as they sat around the table eating the Passover meal that evening of roasted lamb and bitter herbs and bread and wine, Jesus elevated two parts of the supper, the bread and then the cup after supper. There were several cups, but it was the cup after supper. Verse 19, and he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, this is my body, which is for you. He elevated the bread, which is his body. And verse 20, and likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Elevated the cup, the last cup, which is my blood, or the new covenant in my blood. And then later, when Paul discusses with Corinthians their Lord's Supper issues, He brings them back to this, these two things, this food. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, for I received from the Lord, but I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. At this covenant meal, this is the food God has provided for us. It's what he puts on the table in the wilderness. Bread and the cup. Not really. The body and the blood of Jesus. He puts Jesus' death on the table. Jesus' death. That's the food and drink. And it's not physically and literally his body and blood, the bread and the cup. It's ordinary bread baked in somebody's oven and sweet wine purchased at a liquor store somewhere. But it's a sure sign of Christ's body and blood, so sure that when we eat and drink that bread and cup in faith, the Holy Spirit is actually feeding our faith with Christ's crucified body and shed blood. You're eating and drinking Jesus Christ. With the mouth of faith, the hand on the mouth of faith feeding the soul. And that's the food God puts on the table for us. Jesus' body given for us. Jesus' blood poured out for us to make a new covenant. The guarantee that we're God's forever through faith in Jesus Christ. He puts Jesus' death on the table for us to eat. A death that pays for sin. A death that gives you eternal life. A death that gives you God always as your shepherd. Through the valley of the shadow of death. In the presence of your enemies. God who takes you through his goodness and mercy, through all the troubles and struggles and joys and blessings of life, to your eternal home. That's the food. That's the food that gets you there. Jesus Christ crucified, risen from the dead. And when you eat his death, the Holy Spirit's doing two things to you. First, he's taking you back, and he's reminding you and assuring you, Jesus died for you on the cross. At the Lord's Supper, Jesus says to each and every believer, This is my, think of these words. This is my body given for you. For me? But, but you You don't know how I've been struggling with sin. Yes, I do. That's why it was given. Precious words given for you. I am yours. You are mine. So he takes us back and he reminds us and assures us that what he did there, he's displaying on the table and showing you to your eyes so the bread is broken, the wine poured out. Jesus did that for me. I have forgiveness of sins. I have eternal life. I can go on my way rejoicing. I don't have to be afraid. God is with me. But the second thing the Holy Spirit is doing, you're not only seeing something, you're taking and you're eating, you're taking and you're drinking, you're actually participating in Christ right now. So he's taking you back, but he's also taking you up. So we read in 1 Corinthians 10, and that was the second passage listed in Lord's Day 28, the bread which we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And, and the cup which we bless, isn't that a participation in the blood of Christ? The Holy Spirit's taking you up, uniting you more deeply and fully with your Christ, your Savior. You're, you're being joined more and more deeply to His blessed body. It's amazing. And he's doing that when you eat and drink in faith. And he's doing that as you're reminded by that and you're encouraged along the way. Through this food, you have a deeper participation in Christ. And in Christ, a deeper experience of God's covenant love for you. And God's pulling you toward himself in a tighter embrace. It's so why Jesus died, to remove your separation from God and to take you into covenant with God. And what he purchased with his precious blood is unassailable, it's inerasable, and it's eternal. It's forever good. So he reminds you and feeds you with his personal love at the table. And faith is a spiritual feasting on the crucified and risen, the living Christ. So that all that God is for us in him satisfies our soul, sweetens our love for him and breaks the power of sin in our lives. You really get encouraged. You really get strengthened. You really get a deeper bond with Christ. You really get more power to fight sin. And to keep going through the valley and face your enemies. And so he puts the cross, the events of the cross, the finished work of Christ in front of us all the way because we got this remembering problem. And thirdly, he commands us to come. He commands us to come. Come and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. That's... The first part of the command is do this. It's not optional for believers. It's commanded. Yes, we must come with self-examination. We must come as worthy partakers, recognizing what Christ has done for us. But he desires to eat this meal with you, and that's why you should come. Otherwise, it's like Thomas not being there. Where's Thomas? Where's right? I missed you. He says that with worship too. I missed you. At the table, I missed you. He desires to eat it with you now under the veil of earthly elements, bread and wine, but that's just a foretaste of he really desires to eat it with you in person in the kingdom of the Father. So he commands it and will you refuse him? But he also commands, he desires it, but we also need it because we're so forgetful think this is this is amazing the gospel is incredibly unfathomably unspeakably indescribably unforgettable and we forget it that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure but forgetting is my number one problem as soon as something bad happens to us the gospel tends to be the first thing we lose sight of is it real? Has God forgotten me? Did Jesus really die for me? Was his body given for me? Or, again, it might just be you're in a time of life where you're really busy. I don't have time to spend on that right now because I'm so busy and we get forgetful of the most incredibly important thing could ever happen. And we shove it aside, don't have time. Or we start believing that the lusts of the flesh are more satisfying for my life than the gospel. That easily happens too, right? And we begin to sell out the gospel for cheap substitutes, for idols, for pleasures and amusements that just cannot fill your life and you get lost in it. So come. Yeah, but I'm not a communicant member. Why not? Oh, well, I'm too young. Well, yes, your faith has to be able to stand on its own two feet, but don't waste. Don't waste your life. Come. Come to Christ. Confess your faith in him and come to his table. Yeah, but... I'm not worthy. You know when Christ sees me, he sees all kinds of gaps in my faith, all kinds of holes. I love what the short form form number 1 for the celebration of the Lord's Supper says. If you do not yet confess Jesus Christ and seek to live under his gracious reign, we admonish you to abstain. But all who repent and believe are invited to the sacred meal not because you're worthy in yourself, but because you're clothed in Christ's perfect righteousness. Don't allow the weakness of your faith or your failures in the Christian life keep you from this table, for it's given to us because of our weakness, because of our failures, in order to increase our faith by feeding us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So we can taste and see the Lord is good. We need this. God puts a table for you in the wilderness and say, well, I'm too weak for that table. Right, no. God puts himself squarely in front of us and says, I am yours and you are mine. Remember and believe you are bought with the precious blood of Christ and that in Jesus God is for you so who can be against you? There's nothing more precious and powerful and more satisfying in your, in your life than Jesus Christ. And maybe you're even afraid to face the coming week. There's so many problems waiting for you tomorrow morning. And, and so many obstacles or, and hundreds of worries and a lot of pain. And maybe you're facing the abuses of the past or the hurts of the present. And you need to see That the gospel says something about God's intentions towards you this week when you look at the death of Jesus on the cross for your sins. You know what that says about God's intentions for you? It says, I'm for you, not against you, with all my might this week. I'm for you, not against you, with all my might this week. And the table tells that to me that I'm his family, he's with me, he's my father. Christ is my Savior, the Holy Spirit. is my sanctifier, the power living within me. He's my God. All the time, He's with me. So we're to do this in remembrance of Him, not to come out of custom or superstition, not to come thoughtlessly and carelessly. We can saunter in like, oh yeah, oh yeah, It's, it's this, you know, we've got to live all week in that knowledge that I'm a needy sinner and He's a great Savior. And then come, take by faith the body of the Lord and drink the blood of Christ for us outpoured. Praise and confess the wonders of His grace to rescue us. He suffered in our place. Praise God for His Passover in Jesus Christ. plunging the knife. Into his son, not sparing him, so the angel of death would pass over your life so you can live an in eternal covenant with God, as his child and his family. Amen. Our Father thank you for the provision of a table in the middle of our lives. Yes, every day the gospel's for us, not just when we hear the preaching and when we come to the Lord's Supper, but in an especially powerful way at this anniversary meal. You remind us of your glory and your grace for our lives. So we pray that we too may desire to eat this supper with Christ. Father, build us up through the means of grace and We're a forgetful people, but help us to remember the gospel every day and to live in the joy of your love. In Jesus we pray, amen.